This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, you know we like having the comedians on every now and then. And Whitney Cummings joins us here on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. Truly steps beyond convenience. I've seen Whitney Cummings before, Amber. I saw her one time. Good morning, Whitney. She joins us here. You know, Whitney, I saw you one time. It was a few years ago. I don't know. It was probably like six, seven, eight years ago where you were opening for Dane Cook. Would, uh, do you remember Whoa! the, do you remember the exact show that I'm talking about? I remember <laughs> the exact show. Um, that's great. Well, you just said, I've seen Whitney Cummings. I was like, why don't you say hi? I thought you meant like an airport or something. Um, <laughs> But, no, I, I remember that show because uh, it was in a round. Yep. It was in, like, a 360, right? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That's crazy. It was and me it, and Nick Thune and yep. Dane Cook. Yeah, and it's interesting that, that you bring up how it was in the round because, I mean, I go to comedy shows all the time, and it was – the first and I believe only time that I've seen it was in an arena, okay? And it's the first and only time I believe yeah. that I've seen a comedy show in the round like that where I mean it was sold out to the rafters and it it's such a confusing thing for me with Dane Cook. Wasn't because, that his thing? Wasn't that Dane's Dane Cook's uh, thing? yeah, maybe, but also it's such a weird thing, Whitney, where yeah. like Dane Cook is one of those super polarizing comedians, yet I've never been to a show that was sold out to the rafters in an arena in the round the way that show was, you know? I mean, look, it's like anything. It's like Katy Perry is one of the biggest singers. Not everyone's a, you know, it's like you find your tribe and, you know, and I think as a comedian, you know, if you're getting laughed, comedy's a democracy, unlike the United States, comedy's a democracy. <laughs> um, and, uh, and if people are laughing and if you're enjoying it, you're funny, you know, if comedians are jealous or have negative things to say. That's, you know, that's always going to happen at every level of success. So it is it is sort of a part of our job that as soon as you start getting successful as a comedian, which is so hard to do, that all of a sudden everyone wants to make fun of you and say you're not funny. So it's just sort of part of the deal, I guess. Is it is it a really catty business amongst comedians themselves? Because I think from the outside, we think of comedian. I mean, you guys are so funny, right? So we only see that fun natured, you know, yeah. side of you, really. And so it's it's interesting to think of the cattiness that probably goes on behind closed doors. You know, and I wouldn't say it's catty. So, like catty is, um, I think it's more, you know, doing stand up is so challenging. It, it drains so much of your time and energy and, you know, touring. I'm, not, I'm about to do 20 cities in a month, but, you know, you work so hard. So I think that, that when someone gets something before maybe other comics believe they deserve it, given how much, you know, dirt we've eaten and how many, like, comedy club potato skins we've had to eat and how many middle seats we've had on Southwest flights. I think <laughs> we just, there's a little bit of like, wait a second, that guy didn't pay his dues, you know, um, but for the most part right now, I think we're kind of in a golden age of comedy where a lot of comics have their own TV shows and specials at Netflix. And so comedians have gotten, like, really nice and supportive because there's not that scarcity of jobs available anymore. So um, it, it's actually not as fun to hang out with comics anymore because we don't really gossip about anybody. Everyone's sort of doing well and 
doing yoga and going to therapy and it's not like the same drug-addled negative scene it used to be. Well, Whitney's got a couple things going on here, okay? She's got a book. It's called I'm Fine and Other Lies. It is, uh, it's on sale October 3rd, and she's actually going to be down here, okay? She's going to be at Parker Playhouse in Fort Lauderdale on October yeah. 21st, and, and tickets are on sale for that right now. Whitney, I was trying to figure uh, out, what goes over smoother? Is it a guy telling, like, a dirty joke, or is it a girl telling a dirty, dirty joke? Because for me, I'm a pervert. So I enjoy the female telling the perverted, dirty joke over the guy. We're going to get along just fine. Um, you know, I, I, don't, it, I think it depends on the joke. I've seen uh, some beautifully crafted and performed dirty jokes out of, you know, Louis C.K. and, you know, Jim Norton and these guys. And then you see some who think they can pull it off or just don't have the essence or go too creepy or no something. No pun intended. No pun intended. Yes, there you go. And it doesn't go well. Same with, I think it's all about, you know, really uh, honoring the craft of stand-up. And, 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 you know, for me, I don't think there's such a thing as a good dirty joke. If you make it smart and it means something or it's something that people can relate to, just dirty for the sake of dirty and gratuitous is just going to make people cringe. So, I work really hard to try to make sure that there's a little bit of a cerebral element to it or there's a purpose to it. It has to be about power or social commentary or justice or something else as well instead of just dirty for the sake of dirty. Um, but I did. I used to do the Comedy Central roast, and, you know, we always said that a, a, a joke just always has to be funnier than it is mean. If it's ever meaner than it is funny, it's just going to hurt someone's feelings. So it's definitely a, a delicate balance. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think people are really uh, into the idea of, of females kind of talking differently than uh, they have in the past on stage. So so I'm going to go with ladies. How about that? I love it. I love it. And on top of that, what about, like, has there ever been a time when you're on stage doing your stand-up and obviously you're feeding off of the crowd, so if something's going really, really well, you're going to stick with it and elaborate with it. Have you ever yeah. gotten to the point where the dirty joke all of a sudden just got raunchy and everybody just said, oh, oh no, that that's too far? <laughs> too far? No. You know, I'm, and I'm curious how people uh, uh, feel about my new hour that I'm doing um, uh, on tour uh, this October, because it is, a, you know, the book is about sort of my struggles with mental health and um, body dysmorphia and eating disorders and, and, and the pains of my life, the kind of stuff that I don't want to talk about on stage because it's too embarrassing, I, I, which is hilarious given the fact I've talked about some really embarrassing things on stage. So these are things that are even more embarrassing. And um, and the hour is much less about, you know, coming out and ripping with a bunch of, like, challenging, edgy jokes. I think there's a much more vulnerable side to this next hour, um, just to sort of feel congruous with what the book is like. So um, it's a little bit of a different angle of my work that, that you guys have seen, and I hope it goes well. Speaking of edgy jokes from females, now I know my co-hosts here won't have ever seen this show, Two Broke Girls, but I because they always make fun of me for watching CBS. But she you were loves the, CBS. I love CBS. She and loves I, it. And She's I, a big supporter of your and show. And I love two. I damn. I love Two Broke Girls. And and I love the, you. The, I love you very dearly. The uh, the lines in that. I mean, there it's an incredibly you know witty show if you if you watch it, and the jokes are always a little edgy and extremely timely, and and it's it's really a, a really really funny show. So, but I'm curious, and then of course you had your show Whitney as well I'm curious do you enjoy doing that sort of stuff in television more or stand-up more you know I think it's, a, it's, it's every joke it has it's a, you know I think the hardest part of, of being a 
comedian these days when we're doing a lot of things is figuring out what goes where. What's a joke for Twitter? What's a joke for a sitcom? What's a joke for a movie? What's a joke for stand-up? And figuring out how they best can be uh, enjoyed. Um, you know, because those characters were so specific on Two Broke Girls, the kind of jokes that they would tell, I would probably never actually tell. Um, you know, so I like to create shows and scenarios and television that are maybe not too close to my real life so that by stand-up I can delineate the two and, you know, it's very obvious what would be a stand-up joke and what would be a two-bird girls joke, you know, because those girls are in their 20s and dating and I've given up on all that. Um, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they, you know, they were going to free clinics and getting morning after pills and stuff that <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm too, I'd like to think that I've outgrown. Um, that sort of life. So it's actually nice to write those jokes, you know, knowing I don't still live like that anymore. Um, and on, in my stand-up, I'm really trying to move towards a more, a deeper, more vulnerable, honest, uh, cathartic kind of place. How long, uh, quickly, Whitney, because we know you're busy here, how long does it take you to put this hour together that you're touring on? Oh, God, it never. I mean, I'm still writing jokes for my last hour that's already aired. Like, as a comedian, you never stop. You can't. Like, it's never done. The hardest part is just acquiescing and just freaking shooting the darn thing. Um, but this, because I'm working on uh, Roseanne, the new Roseanne. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been in there um, so much that I haven't had. So I've been working nights. and You're uh, very busy. And the, yeah, I'm, I'm so <laughs> tired. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I would say about six months you know, here or there, and I'm still working on it. I mean, you're going to still see me up there working out new stuff and, and exploring new areas, and um, it, it just it feels like it's never done. It's never funny enough, but, um, you know, you just have to call it at some point, you know? Good uh, good talking to you again, Whitney. And next time I see you, I'll come say hey. <laughs> yes, please, come to the Parker Playhouse. I've never performed at the Parker Playhouse. Is it nice? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good place. October 21st, Parker Playhouse, Fort Lauderdale, and you can come see Whitney. Tickets are on sale you, right now. You literally went... You went, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, it wasn't convincing at all. This, guy, this guy's so at convincing. All. It's very nice. It's, you know, let's try it again. Ask me again. Um, what do you think of the Parker Playhouse? Oh, my God. Whitney, amazing facility. <laughs> really? There now you go. You sound like you're in now you sound like you're in love with it. Yes. Like yeah, it was a little way. too. Yeah, yes. it was a little overboard. Yes, you will be you're too. You're fantasizing about the Parker Playhouse. Yes, that, that is right. That's a little perverted that's okay that's how we roll here it is uh, <laughs> good good luck well, Whitney. thank you all right good talking to you thank there you thank you all right that's whitney cummings right there uh wow she totally remembered the show that i saw it's right it was her and a guy nick thune he had like a guitar he, he does props or whatever and uh and dane cook and it was performed in the round and that's such a weird thing to me because dane cook i mean when you think of comedians who people who people hate like a comedian that people hate Dane Cook's at the top of the list that you would think oh, of, right? I mean, right? people loved him and people hated him. Right, but, like, people people really hate him. And he was so successful, successful enough that he's playing a sold-out arena in the round. I never, I go to comedy shows all the time. I've never seen a comedy show played in an arena sold out in the round, except for that. Well, not that many comedians have sold out arenas, period. That's very, very hard to do. Were you hoping she remembered you from the show? Yes. Yes. How'd that go for you? She didn't remember. But she wanted me to come say, hey. You know what else I don't remember? Dane Cook. Where the hell has that guy been? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.